It is Monday, March 13th, and this is your Morning Mud. This episode is brought to you by Mudwater. Mudwater is a coffee alternative, as well as the most aptly named sponsor for this show ever, with one-seventh of the caffeine as a regular cup of coffee. It's made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. And I know what you're thinking, Matt. You are somebody who loves caffeine. Why would you be hawking for a company that is advertising less caffeine? And that's because it worked. It's true. I love caffeine. I used to drink two energy drinks a day, and now I might have one a week. All thanks to Mudwater. If you or someone you love might want to make the switch to Mudwater, all you have to do is head on over to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mud to make the switch today. Good morning, everybody. I am Matt Wright, the editor-in-chief of Muddied Waters Media, here with your morning news. Hope everybody's having a fantastic Monday. Um, last week, we talked about President Biden's uh, budget proposal that was getting ready to come out. And what it appeared like at the time is that he was going to be asking for somewhere between 2 to $3 trillion in tax increases. We were wrong. Instead, he went huge and he has a $6.8 trillion annual budget proposal uh, delivered to Congress and is calling for $5 trillion in tax increases over the next decade. Now, like we said last week, this is not going to pass. This is something that he's just putting out there because he wants to. He wants to get Republicans on record, just like the Republicans want to get Democrats on record. But it is a risky move for Biden going into 2024 because the Democrats have to defend 23 seats next year, including in Ohio, Montana, West Virginia. And all three of those are Republican-leaning or very red states. Um this means that he is putting these Democrats in a tough position that they are going to have to vote one way or another. Now, on Thursday, we talked about Joe Manchin trying to regain his title as acting president of the United States. And when he was when Biden was trying to get Manchin over to his side, he was wooing him with a lot of things. And he promised that he would only increase taxes by two trillion dollars which Manchin still voted no on because there was no, he said that they weren't cutting spending. In this proposal, Biden is saying $5 trillion, $5 trillion in new taxes and is not proposing the cutting of spending anywhere. Um, so obviously, you know, this isn't going to go through. He is just attempting to find a way to get uh, Republicans on record as voting for something that are voting against something that they can try to use against them during the next election. Much like the Republicans are going to take this, it it won't ever see the floor. Like this is not going to get voted on. The Republicans are going to put together their own budget and that's what's going to get voted on. And whoever votes against it 
the Republicans will point out they didn't want the balance to balance the budget. Democrats will say they didn't they wanted to keep low taxes for uh, the for big businesses and the wealthiest one percent of Americans. And those are going to be the talking points. Republicans will say that the $5 trillion in new taxes isn't going to do anything to stop inflation. The Democrats are going to say it's because we have the reckless uh, wealth gap that is going on that we have the inflation because the wealth are greedy and whatever. And that is what the entire 2024 election is going to be on, unless, of course, something absolutely insane happens. Like nobody would have predicted that COVID would have happened. 2020 was supposed to be a completely different election. And then COVID happened and everything kind of became about COVID. And then George Floyd happened because, but that happened as a direct result of COVID. George Floyd would not have been so bad if they hadn't kept everybody locked up and pent up building all of this anger and rage for as long as they did. So, Biden is attempting to just get everybody on record. The fact that he's calling for a 25% tax on the wealthiest 0.01% of families means nothing. He wants to raise the corporate tax from uh, 21 to 28 and keep the marginal tax top income rate, income tax rate from 37 to 396 and he wants to quadruple the 1% tax on stock buybacks. None of this is going to pass. All of this is to get people on record because that's the time period that we are at right now. We're trying to get people on record for things. So when you start seeing the campaigns kick off, you know, okay, they voted for this. Okay, they voted against this. And this will be especially good for uh, people who are planning to primary other people. So Joe Manchin, who still hasn't made a decision on what he's going to do in 2024, whether he runs for Senate as a Democrat in West Virginia, whether he runs as third party for Senate, or if he runs for president as third party or tries to primary Biden, getting him on record for these things is very important to the Democrats. Um, just as that is just as important to the Democrats as getting the Republicans on record. So that's all this is. But we still have to wait for what the Republicans are going to be doing uh, in 2024. Or, sorry, we have to wait to see what the Republicans are going to be doing uh, for their budget proposal. So we know what the Republicans are trying to get on record Right now, you can safely assume that the Democrats are trying to get Republicans on record for uh, trying to protect the wealthy and not wanting to tax major businesses and corporations. So on Thursday, Silicon Valley Bank uh, ended up having to shut down completely because they had a run on the bank that hasn't been seen in a long time. Uh, 2008, you started seeing stuff like this, and this is the biggest banking mishap since then. Um, now, the way that runs on banks happen is whoever tries to take the money out first gets all of their money. And in this case, it was Peter Thiel and his investment group that pulled all of their money. And then once people started seeing that Peter Thiel was backing out, they tried to go in and take their money out 
So that way they could get as much of it back. Whoever takes it out first gets it. And that makes it so the people who don't get it out in time end up holding the short end of that stick. Um, the moment that somebody starts pulling their money and alerting others that they're pulling the money, runs on bank kind of become self-fulfilling prophecies. Now, banks that are FDIC insured sort of kind of protect this from happening because it's protected up to $250,000. Uh, except with Silicon Valley Bank, 93% of deposits were not FDIC insured because they were above the $250,000 limit. This was because a massive portion of their deposits were from startups and they were collecting money from VCs and they were using the money from VCs to pay their employees and they were holding that inside the bank. The bank also wasn't making as many loans because most of the money from the startups wasn't being loaned by the bank. It was being it was being funded from venture capitalists. The way that banks make money is through the loans. So once people started pulling the money, there was nothing left. They didn't have money coming in from loans. They didn't have money coming in from loans, so they ended up wiping out what they did have in the coffers, all of the money that people had in there, when people started pulling. It became something that got too fast for them to keep up with. So they're stuck in a situation where they didn't have enough money coming in off of the loans that they had put out. Uh, the new interest rates meant that they weren't putting out new loans. And suddenly people said, okay, I'm pulling all of my money. And I know that Jim Cramer said that you should buy them last month. Good call, Jim Cramer. Uh, but it ended up being a situation where once it started, you could not stop it. And all of the, uh, all of the assets went away. That's kind of what, that's the, like, that's the base level of what happened. That's the, the, I'm explaining it to my seven year old on what happened to Silicon Valley Bank. For anybody old enough to remember 2008, we know that George Bush said one of the dumbest lines ever when he said, I had to abandon free market principles in order to save the free market or something like that. Um, it was something along those lines. <laughs> um, when the banks collapsed in 2008, the government stepped in in order to save uh, in order to save the banks. We all remember this. Uh, ended up with the uh, Wall Street marches, and it ended up with the Wall Street marches and the the people getting huge umbrella payments and balloon payments. Um, well, there was a lot of speculation that this sort of thing might happen with Silicon Valley Bank, but in a rare show of unity. The only th the only other thing that shows that people can unite together is their hatred of George Santos. Um, but congressional lawmakers from both parties said yesterday that they would oppose any potential bailout options for Silicon Valley Bank, uh, which collapsed on Friday. Uh, Janet Yellen, who finally did something somewhat correctly, ruled out the possibility of a bailout uh, 
for the bank's owners and investors and members of Congress on both sides uh, piled on to say that it wouldn't be the right move to deal with the second largest bank collapse in the country's history. The second largest bank collapse in this country's history. And that's counting 1928, or sorry, yeah, 1928, 1929, 1929, and 2008. Second largest in history. So at least we know that the lawmakers, well, right now the lawmakers are saying they aren't planning on bailing out uh, Silicon Valley Bank. But that doesn't mean that you aren't going to see this happen at other banks around the nation. There is still a chance that this kind of thing is going to happen at other banks. And this will be just the next step in what we are seeing of the economic failures that we are going to be living through very soon. They've been kind of saying, oh, we're not in a recession because, you know, there's been a quarter of a quarter of a quarter of a percent of growth. So it's not a recession, but inflation rates are still stupid high. And we've been kind of in this stagflation since early 2021. So we are going to be seeing this sort of thing happen. And this, is, this isn't this is the beginning. We've been saying that this is just the beginning. But this is, we're fully entrenched now. And it's kind of which shoe is going to be the next one to drop. That's where we are right now. Stay tuned uh, after these Excuse me, stay tuned after these commercials and we will be right back. Welcome back. And a lot of Democrats and climate advocates are very angry at Joe Biden because right now it appears as though Joe Biden is going to approve the massive Willow Oil Project, which would mean that he is shifting away from the from the climate positive uh, agenda that they have been pushing. Now, the Willow development, which is a rare oil project to be announced in recent years, um, because a lot of the industry has been shifting to focusing to uh, drilling in smaller, cheaper, faster projects like fracking or uh, fracking to tap into shale fields in the southwest and um, fracking along coastlines and things like that. Now, Willow is going to be doing the old school oil drilling in, the, in, in Alaska. A lot of Democrats are upset about this, uh, including Senator Ed Markey from Massachusetts, uh, who tweeted late on Friday, we cannot allow the Willow Project to move forward. We must build a clean energy future, not return to a dark fossil fueled past. And a lot of Democrats are kind of echoing this. But as President Biden said in the State of the Union, we are still going to need oil and gas for a while. So him giving the Willow Project approval isn't all that surprising. However, while he's still kind of making that decision and it looks like he's going to approve it, on the other side of that, he is going to prevent or limit oil drilling in 16 million acres in Alaska in the Arctic Ocean. And this announcement 
which was made last night, is going to bar drilling in nearly 3 million acres of the Arctic Ocean, closing off the rest of its federal waters from oil exploration, and limit drilling in more than 13 million acres in a vast swath of land known as the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska. So on one side, he's getting ready to approve one of the largest oil production projects in recent memory while barring any oil exploration in 13 million, 13, 16 million acres, uh, 30, 60 million acres between Alaska and the Arctic Ocean. He's playing both sides. And I haven't heard much about this or seen much about this or looked into it, but I'm going to have to start looking for this. But why is he barring this much uh, oil drilling the, over the 16 million acres, but approving the willow? Has willow paid him? Is willow a, a donor? Uh, things to think about. It's a, I don't know. Um, just something to think about. Why is he thinking about allowing Willow while barring the other 16 million acres from being drilled? Stuff to think about. That is the episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what is happening here at Muddied Waters Media, I ask you to do a couple of simple favors for us. Please, whatever podcasting platform you are listening to us on, give us a five-star review. Also, leave a review. And the biggest way that you can help is by sharing this episode with your friends. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will see you again very soon. And remember, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>